0: Hi, I am Deepak and you are listening to The Meaning Quotient, a place where we celebrate human potential through personal stories, talks and conversations on meaning. Today, I am going to take you to the stars. Have you ever heard their music? What would it look like? Our today's guest, Dr. Eduardo Stroyani, an astrophysicist, Bruno Rossi award winner and a talented musician, knows how to take us there, much like the handpan music you just listened. Welcome, Eduardo. Welcome to the Meaning Question podcast. Astrophysicists and music, what does that mean? Hello,
1: Deepak, and thank you for inviting me here. Well, um, I'm an astrophysicist. I started studying physics at university, and then I took a specialization in astrophysics. The passion for astrophysics started when I was very young. I remember that uh, I was given as a present um, for Christmas uh, when I was around six or seven years old a book about uh, astronomy. I could barely read, but I, I remember I was so fascinated by the images. And around 15 years later, I became an astrophysicist. And then I took my PhD in astrophysics. Music, uh, and specifically the handpan, which is this instrument that I play, uh, appeared in my life uh, much more recently, um, around seven years ago. Before that, I was just playing percussions as a hobby, but I never considered myself a musician.
0: And how did this handpan occur in your life?
1: Yeah, well, that was really uh, a, a, a lot of coincidences happening in my life. Uh, in short, this instrument that was very rare back then just started to appear in my life. Like I, I would randomly meet players or become their friends during my like a trip to Barcelona. For example, I became close friend to one guy that back then in 2010 was ma- one of the most famous players.
0: Hmm. What's it's his name?
1: Uh, David Eswarup. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like the universe threw me this instrument many times throughout two, and, uh, two three years. Until the moment in which I decided, okay, ap- maybe I had to start playing it. Mm. It was very difficult to have one back then. Still is now difficult. But back then it was even more difficult. So you really have to search for it um, and and want to find it. Because it's, it's not you, you cannot go to, to a mm. shop and buy it. So I started to search for it until the moment it arrived to me.
0: Mm. And uh, just going back to your astrophysics life. So... You were having, you were an astrophysicist, so you were doing research on what topic?
1: Yeah, I'm an astrophysicist. Um, Specifically, I'm a high energy astrophysics. Uh, What does that mean? Uh, You can investigate the universe at, if you want, many different range of energies. You can, for example, be a radio astrophysicist or a x-ray astrophysicist or a infrared astrophysicist it means that you observe the universe look at the universe at different energies and each energy provides you with a different aspect of the same reality in particular i'm a high energy astrophysics it means that i observe the universe in gamma rays gamma rays are the most energetic part of the electromagnetic spectrum and because it's the most energetic part of the spectrum, is related with the most energetic and violent phenomena that happen in the universe. Mm. Which is, for example, exploding stars
0: like supernova.
1: Yeah, supernova, or also black holes uh, swallowing a star, or black holes swallowing an entire galaxy, or colliding stars like two stars that collide, and all all violent phenomena you can imagine.
0: And when, when it happens you know when the supernova explosion happens or the stars collide or black hole consumes the stars these gamma rays are produced yeah or yeah, the gam-
1: yeah the gamma rays are produced where well, gamma rays can be produced in with different phenomena uh, technically speaking more most of the time it's either it's either uh, particles that collide and they produce gamma rays or most of the time it's what is called synchrotron radiation, which is a charged particle particle that moves with a spiral orbit around the magnetic field.
0: Oh, and so, what you were doing with that?
1: Yeah, um, mostly I studied an object called the Crab Nebula. Um, in particular, we the Crab Nebula is a is the prototype of a category called pulsar wind nebulae. Pulsar wind nebulae. And we thought that we knew more or less everything about the Pulsar Nebula, until, uh, with my team in 2010, we found out that that Crab Nebula, that particular day, was uh, 50 times 50 times more powerful than the day before. These kind of events are called flare, when when a star or uh, an object on you of the universe for a short period of time that can be, for example, one day or half a day is much more powerful than its average emission. This is called a flare. So we caught for the first time in history, if you want, the Crab Nebula in, in a flare, in a flaring state. Wow. This was an important discovery. We were published on Nature, because uh. of, thanks to this discovery. And I made most of my studies and publications on the Crab Nebula, trying to understand why the Crab Nebula, only in the gamma rays. For that particular day, and then we we caught it in a flaring mode. Other times, like six times. So, what was going on in the Crab Nebula? Why it was so powerful, only for one day, and only in gamma rays? Yeah. So it's a it's a very it's an it's an important subject. So it's interesting because studying stars, you can get information about phenomena that are related to our daily life, which is building a fusion reactor we reactor which we never built because we we know the fission but not the not the fusion.
0: It's a very beautiful point which is like studying of the universe we can find something which we can use. Yeah for for our daily lives. Definitely. Yes. And you got a Bruno Prize for this. Yeah,
1: exactly. For this discovery um my team and the people involved in this re- in this research uh, were awarded with the Bruno Rossi, Bruno Rossi Prize, which is the most important prize for the high-energy astrophysics. Wow. And it's only one Bruno Rossi Prize every year.
0: Wow. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: So uh, it was, I think, Bruno Rossi Prize for 2012, for this discovery of the gamma ray flares from the crab nebula.
0: Wow. wow. You must be very proud of yourself at that moment.
1: Yes, yes. That was... Yeah, I still remember that day. Actually, I was the person who made the observation. I still remember that morning. It was also published in some newspaper in the U.S. We had um, we had um, meeting of of my team that morning. Yeah. So everybody was running to the meeting uh, room. Yeah. And I remember that my boss told me, Eduardo, you know, we had the meeting in uh, five minutes, but can you check the Crab Nebula because I see that something is, is happening there. And I told him, look, actually, I also saw that something was happening there. It, it was already my intention to make an analysis. And during our meeting, it was actually a national meeting where all the, you know, my team is in many cities in Italy. During the meeting, I, I said, sorry, I to interrupt you. I think I discovered something very important. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's like we have seen these things in the movies, but what you're talking yeah. about...
1: Yeah, that was very, a lot of excitation. Yeah, I was very excited. Everybody was very excited.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I remember we were even exitating because saying that the crab nebula was flaring was a sort of taboo because, you know, when you discover, when you observe something so unexpected, of course, you can be afraid that it might be some, some problem with the instrument, maybe some calibration problem. You know, it can be... Maybe not related to an actual phenomenon happening, but instrumental problem. Yeah. No? So we are very careful. We made analysis for weeks and weeks. And then we said, yes, it's true. So let's go out.
0: Wow. Wow. And having that moment, you know, coming from at least a, it's, I, I see it as a big success into the field you were operating in. The hand pen occurred to you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's an interesting question. Um, yes, of course, uh, when the pan appeared in my life and when I started to play it, and even when I decided to give a, uh, a turn to my professional life, it was never because I didn't like what I was doing uh, job-wise. I like my job, I like astrophysics still. Um, it's more that I wanted to give, to give a change... To to my life, so not to my working life, just a change in my life I wanted, which is not only having more freedom, but more to discover what else life could give me and who else I could become, who else Mm. Eduardo could become. What were the other um, capabilities that Eduardo has? And maybe he doesn't even know, for example, becoming a musician. Yeah, (laughs) wow.
0: And, and and you gave yourself this challenge.
1: Yes, it was a challenge. It, uh, it was, um, at the beginning, it appeared like a dream, like I was being an astrophysicist and playing this instrument. And I just had the dream of a change. Then the dream became the awareness that I could actually do it. I could actually mm. try. So I started to believe in it. And this was a long process. Uh, that lasted maybe five, six years until the moment in which everything was mature inside of me and I just knew that that I had to to quit that particular job. I just knew that I had to quit and that I wanted to go for a change.
0: You know, that just surprises me. So we talked about astrophysicists, which is the connection to universe. We talk about music, which is, the connection to this instrument and the sounds which come out of it. What does universe and music mean to you?
1: Well, um, as you know, a couple of years ago I, I had this strong um, will and dream to connect these two sides, these two passions of my life, which is music and astrophysics. And at the beginning, almost as a joke, uh, I, did, I, I thought that it could be nice to combine these two passions in a sort of concept, in a sort of show. I was not really believing in it. It was more like a joke. And I remember I presented my first show that I called Music from the Stars to some group of friends in the city where I live, which is Torino. It was a free, ev- a free event in a very small room and I didn't, you know, for me it was not a big deal. I remember I, I didn't prepare that much. I, I mostly improvised both uh, on music-wise and also in the subject I wanted to talk about. But then people really started to like it and I started to believe in it. And in short, during my shows, I, my aim is to do science communication, so to talk about science and specifically astrophysics, using music as a tool, for sure, to involve people, but also, uh, you know, I don't want for, for science and science communication to be just a, con- a collection of information that uh, I put in your brain. I really want to give you feelings. I think that whatever you learn, if you attach it to a feeling, then it stays with you more. Because one week after, one month after, you will remember that feeling and, and the information will be uh, embedded with the feeling. So it will always stay with you. That's why in my events, I, I really try to, to provide people with feelings of wonder, like to be amazed, to say, wow, um, wonder and, and, and also connection with the universe to feel part of it so this is what I, want, I aim to provide
0: you know this connection with the wonder of the universe which you are touching through your handpan I have been to your show and I felt that wonder and awe what does that wonder and awe means to you?
1: Yeah, on the same level um, I think it's very important to even to, to give up any attempt for interpretation and more to surrender to whatever is there. So to let it if you want to let it take you just to surrender and be amazed by it without interpreting too much, just feel it, experience it and let it be all around you. Uh, I think by knowing some piece of information about for example the images that I showed during that I showed during my performance I think this helps you to be even more amazed because one thing is for example to to look at a galaxy another thing is to know that in that galaxy there are um, 1000 billion stars and even more planets and that one every five planets are very similar to Earth So this piece of information, in my opinion, in my view, makes you be even more amazed. Mm. And then each person during my show, when I hear the feedbacks, and also during the question and answer part, they tell me that they see something different. And a lot of people see either God or something related with, with spirituality. I don't want to give... I'm the first who doesn't want to give an, um, a direction. So I don't want, to, I don't want to, to tell you this is science or this is God or this is spirituality. I want for each person to find its own... Its own to see in, in this whatever uh, he likes. Mm.
0: For me, the word which comes Is surrender to the awe of the universe. And when I saw that, I felt very humbled. I am just one, I'm in one galaxy of the trillions of galaxies. And out of that galaxy, I'm in a very small planet. And out of that, I'm in a very small part of land. Then who am I?
1: Yes, so this is kind, This is the kind of uh, feeling. I'm, I'm happy that you felt this because this is one of the things that I want to provide. Both wonder and maybe feeling very small and humble, but also feeling connected, like feeling that we are part of it. And as I try to emphasize during my show and especially towards the end, I often say that we are made of stars, so I try to emphasize this connection that we have with the stars and with the universe in general, because we are its its child, its kids. Literally, the atoms that make up our bodies were created in the core of collapsing stars in the core of, of stars during their life and their death. So the the life and the death of stars are intimately connected to our own life and existence and the existence of life itself
0: Wow Wow so we are the kids of universe. So shifting the career from astrophysicist to a musician and also combining both of them together, how do you feel to be part of this new life?
1: Yes. Um, so this, is a big, this was and still is a big change in my life. Because going from any kind of, uh, if you want, nine to five jobs that makes you feel safe, to this, if you want, artistic life or freelance life, it's really uh, a, big, um, a big change in life. I, ha- I had to learn a lot. I remember that the first months after I, I quit my job as astrophysicist, unconsciously, I was still waiting, I was still expecting for the money to appear in my bank account at the end of the month. <laughs> it's like, because you are so used to it. But then slowly, you, you realize that um, whatever you want, con- conceptually speaking, it's really like whatever you want to appear in your life, you have to work on it. So money is just an example, you know, theoretically, I could also do, as a researcher, I could also do nothing for a month and still have my salary at the end of the month. But as a freelancer and as an artist, I know that whatever arrived in my life in the last two years was the result of a seed that I planted months before. So, and this this has a deep meaning it has a deep meaning.
0: Were there any times when the going was so tough, this change was so tough that you wanted to go back to your job and not become an artist or a freelancer? <laughs>
1: definitely, definitely, yes, not only once. Uh I know that I'm a good. Com- I'm in a good company, and that more or less all the people who made this this change in their lives, uh, they had moment of uh, in which in which they feel discouraged. Many many times I I felt that. Not not that I wanted necessarily to go back, but just that I made the wrong choice. When you when you make such a choice, you are if you want, uh, when you jump out of the system, you are walking on a path um, where nobody walked before. So it's not like, um, you know, as being an astrophysicist, or maybe in any other nine to five job, you more or less know where you will be in one year or in five years. While after the choice that I made, Especially in the beginning, literally, I didn't know what was going to happen the day after.
0: And what kept you going on that unknown path?
1: Yeah, I think that in in certain moments of your life... Um, you find it's like you find some inner strength, and this is, yeah, it's very. I think it's very important. Again, uh, also considering the moments of difficulty or struggles that that uh, I had during these two years. Nevertheless, for sure, what I have learned and what I can uh recall in my memory about these last two years is much richer that, than probably what I have experienced if I continued in my other job. So it's, it's much more an exploration and if you want even a spiritual path or growth, path of growth.
0: It's very beautiful, Eduardo. And also what I see is uh, you combine the rational side of astrophysics with almost irrational, if I can use that word, of music. And I think ability to go into these two worlds separately and together, it was its wonder and awe within you and within the people you touch? Uh,
1: This is very interesting. It made me remember the first time I made my show of music and stars. The biggest difficulty was that, uh, you know, there was one part in which I was talking about the stars. So if you want, I was in my intellectual domain. And then right after I had to start playing music And I just couldn't, because to play music, I had to use a totally different part of my brain, if you want, related to emotion, to expression. And it was so difficult because I was in my rational mind and the biggest struggle was to start playing without being a robot, you know? (laughs) And I had to say, the first times I was not very successful. I remember I was aware of, each note I was about to play and why, so it was very mechanical. And I find this very interesting, that as long as I was in my rational mind, it was very difficult to play. Then somehow, with the experience, now I managed to, sh- to switch very quickly, very easily. Um, but at the beginning, playing after playing, so let, let's say going into my emotional domain, Right after um, talking about the stars, so being more intellectual, if you want, was was very difficult. I had to learn how to do it.
0: So my last question to you is, have you find your own meaning?
1: Okay. I cannot tell if I found my own meaning but I can tell that the process itself is very meaningful. The exploration itself is very meaningful. And since I believe that to have a fulfilling life, for me, having a fulfilling life is strictly related with what I managed to experience, experiences. For sure, walking in such an unknown path and discovering day by day uh, where this is leading me and maybe new, new Eduardo with new capabilities and... every day, this is a very meaningful process.
0: Eduardo, I wish you all the best in this process of finding your own meaning and providing meaning to others' life by combining the rational and the emotional side of music and the stars. Thank you for bringing this music of the stars to the world.
1: Thank you very much for hosting me, Deepak.
0: Thomas Berry said, You scientists have this stupendous story of the universe, you fail to hear its music. Tell the story, but tell it with a feel of music. Eduardo is communicating this scientific story of the universe through the magic of his handpan. And while doing so, he's rewriting his own story of finding meaning and purpose. That's how we can hear the music of the stars in the daily stories of our own lives.